0: Right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. As always, Alex Peterson with Phil Collins. And today, a special guest, a friend of the show, return visitor, Benjamin Gleason, vocalist, guitarist, founder of Source, awesome band. Ben, good morning.
1: Thank you. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing wonderful. It's
0: been a while since we've seen Pretty you. You good. guys got a lot of good stuff cooking, man. It's like you've been busy as hell, even through COVID.
1: Yeah, that uh, we had... Uh, almost all of the, the material for Ethereal Self written before COVID hit, so we were on this track to be, you know, writing this album and recording this album, and we were originally planning to do it with the, our bassist at the time, Riley, and then and a lot of that stuff we wrote with him, and then he decided he wanted to just focus on his own project because uh, he's a guitar player and probably the best guitar player I've ever seen, wow. uh, and his project's called Lights. If you guys want to check out some of the most ridiculous prog you'll ever hear, uh, it's nuts. And his ability, like, so he plays, he plays guitar, bass, and drums on all of his stuff. Wow. So he, he was, yeah, you know, I don't want to just be a bass player. I want to play all my instruments and record all my own stuff. Um, so he wrote most of Ethereal Self with Riley and a lot of the cool stuff on that album uh, was, you know, collaborative with him and then he got us hooked up with one of his friends jake who we did ethereal self with and he's you know jake's incredible we have a we have a history of playing with some of the best musicians that we can find so i'm super grateful for that um and jake was just with us for the album and then he went off to do his own thing uh but yeah we were like ready to go with ethereal self and we were ready to go with touring we were walking out the door to go play south by southwest for the first time and our booking agent calls us, he's like, Hey, yeah, it's cancelled. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, everything's over. <laughs> the world's over. Riddle like, man. oh cool. Well, there goes all our hard work, you know. Um so we just spent COVID like recording the album pretty much and we played like a few random shows like outside or, or you know, private shows or whatever. And then uh yeah, the album didn't I don't know, it kinda went under the radar because of I don't know COVID or whatever it was, but yeah, it didn't get a lot of press, and I, I'm still I'm still super proud of it. So I think it's just one of those weird timing things. Um, and then we didn't really even get to tour for it either. So by the time we were like back touring after after all the shutdowns were over, then we're already moving on to other stuff. We're like, well, we're kind of touring for this last album, but. We've already got new material that we're you know, playing live. So the last, the last 2022 was just kind of strange and we didn't exactly know how we wanted to navigate recording or releasing this album because um, we got a new bass player and he seems like uh, the perfect fit for us. And we're all on the same page as like, this is the kind of music we want to make and this is our main project. So uh, it's been really fun to finally have a group that is really on the same page, I guess, is really the thing. It's like we all want to make this style of music, and or this is what we want to do with our lives. So, uh, I think it's it's been a great change for us, and that's also been super cool because the writing process has changed a lot. Where like Pascal, our new bassist, has a lot of a lot of ideas, and a lot of really great ideas, and they're all something that totally fit in the vein of the style of music that we make. Whereas with other people it wasn't always like the same vibe right we weren't exactly trying to make like the same style of music and now it feels that way and so we just were like let's dive into the writing process and see what comes out and so we wrote emergence together the first song and we put out emergence and um Crack in the shell which is really kind of just like an intro to emergence last year and we're like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing with this. And everyone's like, is this on? A, is this on a CD? Can I buy a CD with this? Like, which is, first of all, crazy because nobody asks to buy CDs anymore, right? But for some reason, our fans are like, do you have a CD of this song? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, let's let's make this the first song on the next album, and then we'll just keep writing. And so, oh, and here we are, the the man of the hour, Justin Merrick. Hey. Good morning, Justin. got him. We've been breakfast.
0: We've been been graced with the drummer from Source also. So, Justin, welcome aboard. Your uh, leader here, Ben, was just telling us about kind of the history of how you guys have been growing and shaping and changing since he was last on our show. And we featured Return to Nothing as one of the albums that I loved and I wanted Phil to uh, review. And I've loved that album ever since. And you guys have had some changes and shifts and all kinds of different sonic styles. And now you're kind of... I think back to that. Would you agree with me, Ben, on that?
1: I would say so. And I think Ethereal Self was that, too. And it's it's just, like I said, it kind of just went under the radar for some reason. Um, I think part of it is it's an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah. And I think when you're a band at the level we're at where, like, maybe you could have heard somebody talk about us once, you're probably not going to take an hour and 20 minutes of your day to listen to this ridiculous prog album. You it's know? a maybe. commitment. It's a commitment. Um, yeah. It's a commitment, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And especially for like um, for PR, like in album reviews, we just didn't get a lot of album reviews. And I'm like, why aren't we getting a lot of album reviews? We got so many on totality, and it's a thirty five minute difference in length, you know. It's like yeah, an extra a good. whole extra whole thing. Yeah, it's a big difference. Um so part of the part of the goal with this album was like let's try and keep it shorter. And as we as we dove into the writing process after emergence i i have like a whole concept for what this this album is and this is only the first half of it and i just kind of stopped us i was like guys we're already looking at 45 50 minutes here and i think if we were to keep going like we're looking at another like hour and 20 minute plus album so let's just split it into two and we probably won't put the second half out for a couple years because we really want to like not all the songs are written i just have like like conceptually like lyric wise I know where i want the story to kind of finish and so so now we've been writing stuff for for that album but i just don't want to like i want to really take our time with it because with with emergence it's like we start playing emergence and everyone's like can i have the cd and then we're like shit we should probably finish the album and so we just we just dove in and we started recording the rest of the album in the beginning of february okay and then we mixed and produced and mastered Vesica ourselves and we had to finish that by March 4th I'm pretty sure it was because we had to put it out we were going to put it out April 4th before our spring tour so we had something to help promote the tour right and so we did we 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 recorded four songs and then completely well, basically completely finished one and put it out like, a, we, we've submitted it a month after we recorded it. So um, there was obviously some things that we wanted to change about it because it was kind of a rush job, the, the single version yeah. of Vesica. Um, so the album version's different. And part of the plan was we were going to make that song have an extended guitar solo and have a cool intro on the uh, the album version so it's not the same thing that you heard when you got the single, you know? Okay. Uh, so that one's a different one, too. Um, and there's, yeah, it just sounds a lot better on the album. Um, But again, we're just like rushing because we're like, man, I don't know. Let's just, we want to put stuff out as a group. And uh, so we finished, we finished tour and then came back and finished the album in July. And then uh, it'll be out in October and... It was it was very fast. The whole thing was very fast, and we're like making deadlines for ourselves that we can't exactly keep. And uh, we just and decided we're not going to do that on the next album. It sounds
0: so, yeah. like a true it sounds like a true band thing, you know. Nothing's ever perfect with yeah. bands. But so make sure yeah. that, make sure our listeners know clearly, Ben. What is the actual name of the album going to be? Because there you've had a some disjointedness in like Apple Music and and Google Music. Your stuff is kind of scattered. So make sure you're directing people to the right album. What's the name of the album?
1: Uh, the, the new album is called Emergence. Okay, so
0: Emergence yeah, is coming, coming out October 2023.
1: Time. Yep, yeah, October 13th, next to this coming Friday.
0: All right, man, we're, we're right around the corner. Lucky Friday the 13th release. So where yep. would be the best place for people to either go buy a physical copy since they've been asking for the CD of Emergence or download it for pay? Like, what's, Is it Bandcamp? Is it your site? Where do you want people to go?
1: Uh, you can buy physical physical CDs from our online store. Okay. Uh, you'll be able to buy the wave files from Bandcamp, um, and it'll be on all the streaming sites. But, yeah, if you want good audio quality, I definitely
2: recommend doing one of the first two. Yeah. The, and, and the website's uh, www.listentostorse.com.
0: Perfect. You took the words right out of my mouth. Justin. smart guy right there. Drummers think alike. And, uh, yeah, listen2source.com <laughs> is where you can go to the – the merch section or the store section, they can buy a physical and shirts and stuff like that. Now tell us behind this, you guys are getting ready to kick off a really nice tour. It looks like a lot of, a lot of stops.
1: Yeah. Yep. 25 shows.
0: That's amazing. Is that the longest run that you guys have had as a band?
1: Um, as, as a a DIY band. Yeah. When we first started, uh, for the, uh, return to nothing tours, uh, we, we got on some larger tours that were longer. Okay. Um, and so i've done sh- tours that were i think the longest i've done is 27 shows so right there it's usually, it's usually like six weeks this one's split up so we're doing three weeks and i think it's like 16 shows in three weeks something like that um and then well maybe it's less than that. anyways doing three weeks then we have a show at home and then we have a 10-day run in december so it's a little bit there's like a three-week gap between the legs so we have a little bit of time to rest and
0: whatever and yeah. that, and again people could go to listen to source.com to see all the dates locations times all that stuff right yep great is, is that going to be all west coast is it all going to be kind of in the mountains there you guys are in colorado i think right
1: yeah and there's the thing about colorado right. is there's not like basically every major market seven or eight hours away from us so wow. you can't really do like a regional you can't, you can't do much regional stuff here you can do mountain towns and stuff and that's fun um, but it's not quite the same as, like, if you lived in the West or the East Coast. You can do regional stuff and hit, like, some pretty amazing markets. Um, but the first leg is all Midwest and East Coast. Like, we go, we get out to Pennsylvania. Um, we have a friend who's a promoter out there that always gives us awesome gigs. And uh, he's
2: been so Sweet. supportive over the years. Nick Myers is the homie. Yeah. Well, Phil lives
0: in Pennsylvania, so, where, so you better fucking be there, Phil. Yeah,
2: I live, I live pretty close to Gettysburg. I don't know where you guys are going to be. That's pretty cool, though. Where whereabouts in Pennsylvania? Are you coming? um, Pittsburgh and New York. uh, Fuck Pittsburgh. But York, maybe. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, uh, No, that's York. That's legit. I live pretty close to that.
1: Yeah, it's actually. Yeah, it's like Hallam, which may be closer or further away from you. It's just outside of uh, uh, York. Okay.
2: That's pretty sweet, man.
1: Do you have. Yeah, and. Go
0: ahead. Do you have any interest in giving a little bit of a peek under the curtain as to what the set
1: list is going to be like, or do you want it to be a total surprise? Oh, I think it'll be pretty obvious. We're going to play mostly new stuff. Um, we've been kind of working towards finally, like the part, of, part of the weirdness throughout the whole history of Source is like we made this album with three people, and then the next album there's somebody new, and then the next album there was somebody new. And then the next album, there's somebody new, but in all of that time, we never actually recorded an album and then toured with the same group that's on the album. Mm. And it's been really like weird, and 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 I don't like that. Like I'd rather like the group that's on the album be the one that's touring and playing it if it's possible. You know? Sure, sure. And so this is this is the first time where we're gonna be out on tour with a physical release that everybody can go listen to. And everybody that's playing the music live or the people that played it on the album since the first album. Yeah, so. yeah, I was gonna say it turned yeah. you guys said that. Yeah.
0: That's gonna be a big relief to have that cohesion and that kind of connection where everybody knows it, you know each other, you know the sound, you know what you're looking for. That's gotta make it so much easier.
1: Yeah, and I think like there's a way that people when they listen to music not all the time, but I think with music like ours, because it's inherently such a, like it, it, whoever plays in our band, it brings their kind of deepest passions out, I feel like at times. Um, and so because of that, like people gravitate and sort of grasp on to the people who are playing it because it is such a personal expression musically that comes out and then they come to the show and it's somebody different, you mm, know? And mm. I don't like that um but we've just been working all this time to try and find the right group and we've taught these songs to so many people uh and the thing that's cool about that is that i can see that no matter what happens we're gonna be able to keep playing this music but there's a certain point where it's like it stops losing like it's, it's so much work to teach somebody all this music and then we write more music you know and there's just a certain point where it's like we've got to find
2: like like the the final form the crew the crew yeah it's always a struggle to balance like you know when you're when you are playing live like do we what old songs do we pull out and try to learn you know for some of us who haven't been in the band as long like especially pascal has really just been in it since emergence now so um he's got a harder time learning old songs um, whereas I have to relearn- return it up and stuff, so yeah.
0: Okay, and Justin, yeah. give us a little bit about your story, man. How did you end up in this band, and what was your kind of trajectory? Were you in other bands before?
2: Or- yeah, I've been in, in a lot of bands before, but nothing um, nothing at this level of seriousness, I guess. Um, but I always wanted it, so cool. it was kind of really nice I found the opportunity. Um, I had met George, the original drummer, through uh a, another friend who i was doing some live mixing for um and i met george and found out he was in the band and then later i found out he was leaving so i reached out to the band and you know said hey i'd love to join um it was through an <laughs> article that that was metal nexus right
1: it was Pat.
2: I can't remember. It was something about him leaving. That's all I remember.
1: I'm pretty sure Pat, like I told the, the one of the people who just like fell in love with Return to Nothing that wrote this crazy good review of it um, I asked him if he could put out uh, an article saying we're looking for a drummer and Justin saw it. Yeah. so It worked. Yeah. Per- perfect. So I saw
2: that and messaged the band and did an audition where I recorded a video of myself playing one of the songs and um, yeah, then uh, I uh, just basically since then joined and, you know, been doing it ever since I was, like, 2017, about. Oh, wow, you've yeah. been around a while
0: then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, he joined right before Totality, and, uh, the thing, like, instantly that was different, like, with Return to Nothing, I worked a little bit with Dan, the bass player, uh, on arrangements and stuff, but, and, like, Dan contributed some parts um, but like when it came to the writing process, like I was like the one pretty much making all the decisions and kind of writing most of the material and also like telling the drummer what to play a lot of the time. Um, and then when Justin joined, it was way more of a conversation. Like we would just hang out in his basement. And I'd be like, these are the parts and he would play stuff over it. I'm like, that's sick. I would never have thought of that. And it was so refreshing because like, before i was always having to be like can we make it more like this instead of this like our just like our creative visions weren't the same and then justin comes in it's like oh you know better what this is supposed to be than i do thank god i'm tired of coming up with drum parts
2: (laughs) although he does come up with pretty cool when he does yeah like the changes constant was one that i think was a lot of programmed drums when i came in yeah i suppose that is Yeah. yeah and i i mean obviously made some you know um stylistic choices here and there and, and changed fills up, but yeah, a lot of the main core beats are what Ben programmed. My fills are whack, yeah. <laughs> but my beats <laughs> <feet> are cool. <laughs> well, I, Dude, I don't, you can't play that. <laughs> I'm sure
0: somebody has made this comparison for you before, but my wife and I have a business. We have 26 employees down here in Florida, and it sounds like to me running the band is really the same thing. You got turnover, you got replacement staff, you got people who are coming in to learn the way you used to do things and the new way you want to do things. And you're always evolving. It's, it's really no different than a business. And that's a kind of a daunting task. So once you get a solid crew, man, now, hopefully you feel like you can just shoot for the moon.
1: That's, that's how it feels for sure. And I feel like I've always, part of me has always felt like, Oh, like why isn't like there, we're just getting like unlucky. We're not getting like the breaks that the people always talk. Like if you listen to anybody talk about how they got where they are in the music industry, there's always one moment where it's like, I got this lucky break, and then everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've talked to so many people, and it's always like that. And we just like haven't been getting that, really. And my sense of it has always been that we just we're not ready for it, because like we don't have the crew, which is kind of like the container to be able to hold all of those opportunities. And like if everything's switching all the time, and these opportunities are coming at us, we're not going to be able to make the most out of them that's right so i'm hoping that's it but either way it's a lot more fun when everybody's like vibing the way we we do as a a group
0: very cool. cool very cool well uh we have interviewed some other bands prior to this interview and the podcast is getting better and better as well and a lot of them have said particularly the more metal acts they say you know if we could just get on one kind of festival tour where we're always on a festival or two festivals a year it kind of covers everything else and makes it just allows us some freedom is that true of you guys too or is that something you're still aspiring to do is get like on a repeat festival where every year you're playing
1: Copenhagen or, or something like that yeah I mean and I don't even know like I don't even know how these bands get those festivals because like they're either paying for it or they're you know I, I, maybe it's sexual favors I'm not really sure
2: because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it it's got to be
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think that's what it is. But the, like the festival scene is just so, um, I don't know anybody that puts on festivals or could get me in touch with somebody that puts on a f- festival that's a talent buyer for a festival. I don't know anybody. And I know a lot of people in the music industry from touring for years, you know, I. but it's just one of those things that I, for whatever reason, have never made that connection. So I think... The other thing is like we're not like a lot of those festivals are so corporate and they're so like industry-based and we're about as independent and diy as it gets mm-hmm. so i just think it's harder to to make those connections because we're not letting somebody you know d- do bad things to us anymore <laughs> right right and i would imagine the trade-off is worth it ultimately because you get the independence and the freedom and it's all yours so whatever you do with it in the future it's yours that's definitely the hope, you know. I mean, I definitely would sign with the label if they could get us on tour with the bands we wanted to be on tour with. But that's the only reason I would do it. And you know, today in today's world, a record label is kind of pointless. Yeah. And I think they've just been clinging to their, you know, what they used to have for a really long time, and they're trying to the the, the record industry or the you know the record labels are trying to morph to accommodate this new way of of you know releasing music and how everybody's listening to it and ultimately they know they don't really have like any power like people like people can go to Distrokid and put their album out on everything Mm -hmm. and make way more money back than they ever would because like we're already getting fractions of a penny right so then that most of that fraction of a penny goes to the record label if that's how they do it and it just doesn't make any sense at all and the only thing that they offer is connections and so like I get offers all the time from these smaller record labels they're like oh we want to sign your band and I'm like what are you gonna do for me right and they're like um uh, we're gonna put your album on all the things and I'm like yeah I already know how to do that so right, right. to me it's like if you can get me on tour with Between the Buried and Me like I will sign with you you right, know right right but that's about it
0: or if you're opening for Tool in an arena
1: yeah I'm, I'm there we we almost we we almost did. It was close. They Tool just played here in, in Loveland at a seven thousand capacity, like mini arena wow. in the you know in the middle of the field basically, and <clears throat> they they're intentionally doing secondary markets on this tour because they want you know there's so many people that like would love to see Tool but they live an hour away from a major city and they can't find a babysitter or whatever. Right. All right. So I think it's super cool what they're doing because most of the venues on this tour are like half the size of what they're usually playing. Um, But uh, there was no opener for the Loveland show because it's this weird one-off show between festival dates. And then their full tour starts next week. And we're actually driving out to Utah to go see them in Salt Lake. Cool. Because we're fiends. uh,
2: (laughs) It's a nice town too. That's cool.
1: Yeah yeah and so um they didn't have the the opener that's for the main tour wasn't gonna just come to a one-off in denver or yeah, close to denver and then they, they can't none of these openers get to be on the festival dates because the festivals are all completely bought out year in advance basically right. so this one show didn't have an opener in my hometown and i got their manager's email address <laughs> and uh because we're friends with some people that work with alex and allison gray and so they're like, yeah, I've got their manager's email address. I'm like, okay, well, I'll shoot him a lot of emails and see if he responds. And I got nothing. And I have to say the person that they had open was probably the best opener I've ever seen. She, she killed, killed it. it. She killed it. She was amazing.
0: Well, then good. No hard feeling. Cause they got somebody awesome. That's cool.
1: Emily yeah. Wolf. That's her name. Oh, she, yeah.
0: Right yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Well, so what else is new for you guys? You got the, the new band basically tight now. You got the tour coming up. You got music. What's like, uh, just any other good news you want to share with our listeners? What
1: else is good in your lives? We're uh, we're gonna get a new tour van. And okay, cool. We're gonna we're gonna start building tour vans and renting them. Um, so if anybody, well, well, not we're not quite ready yet, but uh, we'll have some some nice uh, sprinter style vans with a bunch of bunks and actual seat belts too. Uh, <laughs> I, in my first tour, I almost died. Because somebody fell asleep at the wheel, going 90 miles an hour at 6:30 in the morning, and Holy I woke shit. up flying through the air. And fortunately, I was sleeping on the mattress in the back of the RV we rented, and the mattress went flying with me too, because it wasn't secured to anything. So I flew through the air and then landed on the mattress I was sleeping in in the corner of the RV, and I'm like, "Cool, this is sweet. I didn't die." Wow. Um, but yeah there's still return to nothing CDs on the highway in Hempstead, Texas. Wow, man, that's crazy. So you guys
0: sleep in the tour van at these different venues. It's not like hoteling it.
1: No. Yeah. So hotels these days cost about $200 a night. Um, and for one room for one room. Yeah. And because we've decided that we can't do tours with just the three of us anymore, we're bringing somebody with us. So to cram four people in a hotel room would be challenging to say the least. Um, and it's more time, like it's so much more time too, to like, you have to book the hotels, then you have to drive to the hotels. Whereas like what we do is we just have bunks in the van that we, we've had this sprinter van for years and it came with bunks and the bunks are less than two feet wide. And if you can see my shoulders, are not right. less than two feet wide, uh, but- You're basically sleeping so on I, a board. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I bought, I bought a custom mattress. This is when I actually measured uh, my bunk I was like you know what? I need to buy a custom mattress for this thing because this like piece of foam just sucks so I bought like a nice like RV mattress that you can like choose all your dimensions and stuff and uh so it's nicer with the mattress but uh, I'd like to be able to fit my shoulders onto the entirety of my bunk if I can which is why we're getting the the new one and we're just I think like because we'll be able to rent stuff like this to uh families and stuff from Colorado that just want to go on a Colorado camping trip too that's a cool idea. so uh, it'll be Yeah, it'll be nice, because at least it'll pay for the maintenance, but I think we'll be able to make make some good money because the band's never really going to make money. I don't think that's like, you look at like the the trajectory, it's like you go see Tool, and I'm doing the math on how like the cost of their lighting rig, and I would imagine they have somewhere between three and $4 million worth of lights and sound like that they bring with them everywhere they go. And they probably rent it, but still like, dude, like, that's a lot of money, yeah, and that's where all their money goes. It's just crazy show, and I'd rather I'd rather do that than anything
0: else. And yeah, you're giving us a really good insight and in inside baseball that other people wouldn't have any idea about who are not in the industry or maybe for some young folks who are listening who want to start a band and kind of not quite to where you're at yet. And I think that's really great. But I'm curious, what are you hosing each other down like Joe Dirt outside of the van? And just you know, <laughs> is that how you're showering? True, little
2: yeah. bars, little bar, bar right? soap. Yeah, what we do is we uh, we all have uh, gym memberships at Anytime Fitness. Oh, so. love it. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a uh, they're the best one with typically most all of them have private showers or like private bathrooms. There you go. You don't so, not have to, go to shower with all of them. Yeah, it's you, not you, like a locker room. You guys
0: need to you guys should start a YouTube channel called Band on a Budget. You know you're doing this the the yeah. the, boot, the bootstrap <laughs> way and you're doing it the right way because you love music obviously. You're just your love for this is stronger sure. than all the problems that come with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, when you do it the way we do it, there's I think we've definitely minimized the problems that come with it. Uh, I worked with a record label for the first two albums, and they just robbed us. Like they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna give you this money, and they're like, oh yeah, we spent that money on distribution. Like, dude, you spent twenty five thousand dollars on distribution.
0: Right. What? In like a, in a day you know, where you know, everything's like, digital. Like I paid
1: twenty pounds a year our distribution and i get to release as many things as i want to right like it's clearly just like oh we're just gonna steal your money and then make you think that we're not stealing your money because we're gonna tell you that you're a rock star and you're doing oh now you can tell now this is what they said to me now you can tell everybody you're in a signed band i'm like what does that mean like that doesn't mean anything and it never like i never thought it was cool i was just like I'm trying this because this is the way people have done it, and it seems like it makes sense. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I learned what the fuck I'm doing by getting robbed, so that's a good way to figure <laughs> it out. They just gave
2: some you vague, some vague explanation, administrative costs or something.
1: Oh, yeah and, try and, just, yeah, and they tried just Yeah, and they took me through this whole thing about how they're different than what record labels used to be. Oh, record labels used to charge you uh, blah 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 and they used to charge you for paper clips and blah blah, blah. and we're not gonna do that to you I'm like okay, what's this 25000 dollars? Where did that go And like paper when clips. I signed the second when I signed this for the second album with them I'm like I want you to give me detailed receipts of like right. all the ways that you're spending my money that I'm giving you like this isn't how record deals used to work right and they're like oh yeah yeah we're gonna have a bank account and you'll be able to see everything. So then when I ask him for the receipt, it's like, I don't have time to deal with this. I don't, I don't have time to show you how I'm spending money. I'm like, dude, well, where's the money going? And I don't want you to spend $5,000 on radio promo. Oh, well, we're doing it anyways, and you have no say. Like, oh, but it's my money. Like, what the fuck?
0: Sounds worse yeah, than really lawyers. Yeah, what was are going to do the runaround. I said they sound, oh, yeah. sound worse than lawyers. Yeah, 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 my mom's a player and they're definitely worse than her. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've talked about listen to source.com. That's where everybody can go to find out more about this tour coming up, to buy the album, get support you guys. Is there a f- social that is really popular for you? Is, is any one place where you'd want somebody to go and subscribe to get updates and stuff like that as well?
1: We're our Instagram and Facebook are basically the same thing. Okay. Um uh, so, yeah, Instagram is at Listen to Source, and Facebook is, you just search Source Band, or you do Facebook.com slash Listen to Source. Everything's Listen to Source. We got lucky on that one. Great. Um, yeah, and we post all of our tour dates, and we post everything there. That's like, you're going to get a lot of good updates. But also, if you don't uh, have faith in the social media algorithms, you can sign up for the email list through our website. It's just a little pop-up right when you go to our website. You can put pretty-
0: well, in the spirit of leave them wanting more, I think this is perfect. It was great to catch up. I'm really grateful for you guys coming on, and I'm excited for your success in the future. I mean, just think it's really cool that you guys are doing this and staying together and fighting the good fight and putting on great music for people who go out there. So, Phil, if you don't go to that show in New York, I'm going to kick you right in the nuts, man. When I see you.
2: Okay, that's fair. All right. I hope dude. you play that song, Bitter. That song, Bitter, is so legit, and
1: You like it? Uh, yeah. It's oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: It's it's catchy as shit.
1: Good, yeah. I, I like. For some reason, our our, our uh, marketing people are finding that the Vesica video gets way more engagement for some reason, and it's because like half the people are like, "This is the worst thing I've ever heard. You guys suck, and you're a garage <laughs> band." And then the other half is like, "This band is amazing, and I'm so glad I found you." <laughs> and it's like super <laughs>
2: polarized. But that's yeah, perfect, man.
1: though. That's what you want, man. You don't want to be forgettable. You either want to be loved or hated. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason the bitter video is not having the same polarity and so it's not getting the same engagement. But I'm like, man, this song is like so great. So I'm really, I'm really glad you appreciate it, man. Yeah, bitter's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: fellas. Well, until next time, we'll catch up with you maybe in 2024. Best of luck, God bless. And this is the great heavy music podcast. Go check out listen to source.com. See you guys.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Good to see you sure. both.